Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the guest segment of the Common Sense Show. We really appreciate you being here with the show, Freeing America, One Enslaved Mind at a Time. And uh, we have a guest with us, and uh, I think she's with us. I, I think I have to count my my good fortune here. But we have Raphael with us there, and you can see in the background she's there. Um, and hi, and and listen, we tried to do this Monday night for an hour and a half, and we kept getting interference after interference, and she's still getting some interference on a subsequent interview. And I had a little interference today with someone trying to get a hold of me to get me on their show. So they don't want this information out. But I would tell you, they're very aggressive, Raphael. Tell everyone um, about your background, if you wouldn't mind. Um, and, okay, here we are. She's back. Yes, uh, sorry, I had to plug in. <laughs> okay, and tell people how, um, uh, you know, your background, a little bit about how you got started in this, because we're going to talk about um, – weather modification, climate change, and so forth. Uh, give people just a little bit of back, uh, idea about your background. Sure. Um, and is it okay to share screen? Uh, I can do some. Sure, I can do that, that here. Uh, let, well, let's hope they let me do this. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you advanced sharing options, all participants. There we go. Great. So, um, yeah, we'll do, we'll do this here. And uh, share, share, share. So I, uh, you know, I, I started out being concerned about chemtrails to the point where I, um, I wrote a children's chemtrail book called Funny Clouds, a Chemtrail Tale. And that uh, led to, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, controversy. And uh, I found that I had to defend myself for doing that. You know, I was just a regular chemtrail activist and I, I touted every, you know, what the things I had learned, although I, honestly, uh, up until then, I, I was a CO2 believer and, uh, you know, Al Gore's movie was convincing enough for me. That's all the science I needed. And having survived Katrina, I didn't need any more evidence of, uh, you know, climate change. And um, but I, I like to stay neutral to the conversation of CO2 because I said, well, you know, if you be- I, I like to unify people in, in the narratives. So I said, if you believe CO2 is important, well, what do you think, you know, a, a cloud coming out of a plane that takes out your sky is, you know? And, um, but I found that I had to dive deeper into the science to kind of, um, justify, you know, having polluted the minds of young people with this book, which really I wrote as a support to their parents when NASA kept coming out with different cloud charts. Uh, you know, their, their cloud, chart had different clouds that didn't exist when i was a kid and i just thought it was horrific and i wanted to oh, i didn't know that some, 
Yeah, they they have a uh, you know all all kinds of new clouds that they uh, rolled out. This was this was over a decade ago at this point. Whoa! And um, so I um, I just thought you know children these days won't even know what a, a real cloud is. But I wrote this in support of them and and you know kind of embracing the controversy. But I my my comments page uh ended up being a really hot debate place you either had believers or disbelievers and people were posting science or debunking so i didn't i don't shun away from the debunk i look at the harshest criticism on both sides of an issue and i try to um you know explain it you know or or, or be able to um understand it and and find answers for it so um imagine my surprise when i finally dove into the climate science and found out that um that co2 actually was just a fraction of the greenhouse gases and here we have a greenhouse gas pie chart you know um you're not going to find that if you google i can't i can't I can't see that. It's, oh, you can't see that. Okay. What we so, see is a screen. It's a menu of items that are there, but nothing. Is oh, in. okay. So when I click on the thing, it doesn't. Let me see here. Let me get back to Zoom, and see if they'll uh, they'll let me screen share. Um, I'm so sorry about this. But I am getting I'm getting your dialog box here with all your your your, <laughs> your, your 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 images, but I'm not getting an enlarged image. Okay, so let me just click back on here. Oh my! Here, I, I, let's hope this is not a repeat of two nights ago. No, wow. I. Oh my I gosh! Should have. Uh, should be in screen sharing mode. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, new share. Yeah. Okay. So. Um. It says I am viewing your screen and. It's yes. Just, okay. It, well, this is it. This is just me getting familiar with Zoom. Here we again. go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> We're okay, good to so- go. So yeah, this this is a uh, this is not the greenhouse gas pie chart you're going to get if you Google greenhouse gases pie charts, um, and you look at the image search results on Google Images. You know how like all those images will pop up. You will not get this image. You will get one that shows like this being CO two instead of water vapor, which it is. Um, you have to actually add water vapor to your search bar when you are researching greenhouse gas pie charts because it's what I call a billion dollar secret. They actually omit the fact that water vapor is the most prominent greenhouse gas on earth by far. Um, and they, they, this is CO2 right here. See this little red sliver here. That that's, that's the, the amount of CO2 compared to water vapor. And anthropogenic, anthropogenic, let's just assume your, your viewers may not know what that means. Man-made, right? CO2 is a smaller sliver of the sliver. And yet on the greenhouse gas pie chart that they will show you, they will show you, um, this is being mostly CO2, but they're emitting water vapor. And when I realized, cause you know, they say contrails, you know, chemtrails are just contrails. It's just water vapor, just water vapor. But, okay, so you're saying, well, water vapor, what's the significance of water vapor? So it's a greenhouse gas, big deal. But it's it's not just a greenhouse gas. It is a, uh, let's put a new share here. It's a greenhouse gas that drives climate more than anything else. And NASA, in their importance of understanding clouds, has uh, come out with um, 
well, this statement right here, even small changes, and this is not they've come out, this has been out, and this is science, even small changes in the abundance or location of clouds could change the climate, not the weather which is local, but the climate which is global, more than the anticipated changes caused by other greenhouse gases, human-produced aerosols, or other factors associated with global change. And this is NASA. Um, so the interesting thing is, as I'm learning this, I'm like, well, how are they getting away with just ignoring chemtrails? You know, because even if chemtrails are just contrails, contrails, scientifically speaking, um, have weather modification effects, um, have albedo modification effects. Albedo modification is, is when you modify the albedo and the albedo is the reflective um, properties of, of surfaces, different surfaces of the earth. You can, you can have albedo on the snow, albedo, uh, cloud albedo. And, um, they do, they affect, they, they change the climate. They, they are not just water vapor. They, that water vapor forms on condensation nuclei. That condensation nuclei is very, um, very, uh, dirty. I mean, on, on a good day, it's, it's highly polluting. And, uh, I mean, you have, let me see here, and you share. I wish I could just share as a, no. Sorry, let me go to interviews. Um, you know, it, pollution aviation is a major source of local air pollution, uh, leading to significant public health impacts. Jet emissions can cause lung, throat, nasolarynx, and brain cancer, lymphoma, leukemia, asthma, birth defects. Um, there's nothing pristine about just, you know, water vapor. And this the water vapor is forming on condensation nuclei. Um, let's see. If, are, has it changed images here? No. No? Okay. So I need to do one for each. Is there a way I could just uh, just keep it on my screen, share the whole screen? screen okay how about now yes okay good. so we'll just do that okay so there, here's the dehydration effects from contrails and a coupled uh, contrail climate model they do have dehydrating effects although contrails i've come to find out are a medium they they it's not just one thing it can actually serve multiple purposes um and um anybody who says oh you don't know what they're spraying in there well you don't know either you know, that's a problem. There's no oversight. And um, we do have fallout that has been tested. Uh, Rosalind Peterson has tested things. C- Clifford Carnicum has um, monitored the changes in our DNA and blood as well. And uh, has a lot of work on Morgellons, self-replicating nanoparticulates, uh, nano um, technology <laughs> that self-replicates in your body. Um, people have gotten that from fallout from chemtrails. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what is a chemtrail? Chemtrail is a, is a conspiracy theory, right? Because it's something that somebody pushes a button and makes come out of a plane. Whereas a contrail is, um, inadvertent weather modification, uh, inadvertent byproduct of aviation. Well, um, so, so they say, but I mean, we, we know that they can actually stifle contrails. Uh, they've, they've got patents out there for um, contrail suppression technology. Um, they have got multi-fuel systems. So any contrails you see, first of all, are allowed to be there. 
Um, and, um, they do have meteorological effects and they, uh, they do have, well, they do create an, a geoengineering, but they're calling it an accidental geoengineering because the term geoengineering, which by now a lot of people have heard, uh, most people have heard of it. That is a solution to global warming. They say spraying metals up in the sky will help block out the sun and cool the planet, but, um, creating a blanket, uh, on the earth with clouds or, or what have you actually does not cool, oh, um, <laughs> does not cool the planet and airplane contrails are worse than CO2 emissions for global warming. We've got studies on that. Well, I, I have a question on that. Bill Gates said they want to block out and I think they've done it already. They're going to go for more 18% of the earth's sunlight. So if, if that happens by default, you're going to have lower temperatures. Yeah. Um, no, not necessarily lower temperatures because they actually trap heat in as well. I so, mean, yeah, okay, you, you okay, will okay. have lower temperatures if the sun's not getting in at all. Um, but what, what's happening in, uh, in Venus? Is that, is that a cold planet? Is it? Yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little dyslexic here on my Mars and my Venus. I know. <laughs> um, I used to have my facts on Venus a little bit more. Is that is it is it a cool planet or is it? No, a, no, it's a hot planet. Mars it's a hot is, planet, Mars right? Is cool, and it's yeah. covered in, in clouds, right? So I'm I'm not I'm not mistaken here. Um, you, you know, you're you're trapping. I mean, of course, it's closer to the sun as well, but those clouds aren't necessarily uh, cooling it off. And and actually, supposedly they don't. They want no clouds at night and uh, clouds in the daytime. But um, th- it's a very unstable science right it's it's um i'm sorry what science the geoengineering i haven't seen any science yet yeah yeah right exactly here's what i've seen i've seen unfounded conclusions exactly and they admit that and when i went to the american meteorological society conference and i i asked the, the the first time i went i was interviewing the meteorologists and asking them what they thought about it they said oh it's a horrible idea horrible idea but it might be necessary if uh, things get bad enough with global warming one day. And so it's a horrible idea, but we're going to get desperate and just do it anyway. But, and this is that they were all singing from the same songbook. And the, the problem with that, and this is, this is where the, we have to correct the CO2 narrative because the CO2 narrative as it stands lends itself to, Oh, well, if CO2 gets bad enough, we're going to have to cool the planet this way. But that is. That is science by default. That is, uh, consensus is not science. And the, yeah. a lot of the, yeah. the scientists that were included in that consensus, some of them have objected to be included in it because it was, you know, the, just faulty, um, a faulty study to begin with. Uh, CO2 does not lead warming. It actually follows warming, historically speaking. And it's a benign gas. It's not a pollution. And so the whole narrative, um, goes into carbon taxation and depopulation because the only way you can really bring down CO2, all numbers of uh, production uh, in, on, on any goods is a factor of human numbers. So the only way to, uh, bring it down is to, um, to get rid of the people. So, um, there's I, incentives. See, I, I, say it again, to get rid of the people. To get rid of the people. It's a depopulation yes. narrative, ultimately. CO2, yes. um, is a, as a problem for global warming only leads to the solution that you need to reduce people, throw chemicals in the sky and cut down trees. I guess Bill Gates is doing as well. I'm not quite sure how that works. I, I, I haven't been able to follow the logic on that. 
Um, there is no logic in the globalist narratives. There is only agenda. And so they obfuscate water vapor as a significant driver of. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TheCommonSenseShow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time the common sense show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow for example they've got half off my pillow bed sheets more than half off their slippers their sandals their mattresses their topper covers women's lingerie now, they have extremely great products as you all know ladies and gentlemen Right now, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Climate, and like, how do they do that, right? I mean, if it's science, right? I mean, it is, it's science. Um, let me just get back into here. I mean, we, we, we saw this, right? This is the water vapor. And we heard NASA's quote, right? And NASA's saying that, um, you know, small changes in the location and abundance of clouds. And what is a cloud but a, um, you know, uh, condensed water vapor, right? Water vapor in a, in, in a condensed form. And the water vapor doesn't form on pixie dust, right? It, it forms on 
aerosols jet from jet exhaust which is pollution and and now ever since i did my my la this one interview that kind of went viral for me but because i have there's been so much suppression i saw a video where they're saying this is a mainstream video as some pilots or some guy explaining science or something and he says airplane contrails are bad but not like you think it's like, well, yeah, where have you been all this time? That's what I've been saying for years. They're now calling water vapor or contrails uh, the non-CO2 effect. Now, do not put water vapor in the consciousness of humanity. Do not put aerosols in the consciousness of humanity. Just call it the non-CO2 effect so that other things, so everything defaults back to CO2. And it's bad. It is worse <laughs> than... um it's worse than anything. The, you're creating a cloud. You're, you're you're affecting climate. You're distributing chemicals, and the the planes, the airplane controls themselves, can lead to the conditions which allow contrails to form. So even if they're not actually spraying a button, which they've got patents, they've got intentions, they've got a history of of experimenting on humans. Well, they've just experimented on the whole planet recently with uh i'm not going to mention that in case that gets a sensor is, is that that sharp pointed object that sharp pointed object the coco cuckoo coco <laughs> yeah. um and um that's part that is actually tied in to the globalist toolbox of depopulation and control and nations that are bringing down their population are getting carbon tax credits so it all ties in together we must correct the narrative because co2 is a benign gas that all life on earth depends on and it's not the problem they default to co2 being a problem because they say well what has changed in the last few years you know well, there's cars well <laughs> for you know industry first of all with cars how many people have you heard of who have died or disappeared or been scared away from developing cars that run on water or hydrogen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, so it's it's obviously like industry is going to police the people who don't have a choice in but to accept everything that industry is, is dishing out and, and and forcing to them, you know, force feeding them. So the whole thing is just a big hypocrisy. Suit. Well, it, it is it, on its face. It's it's ridiculous. I don't know if you knew this. Just as a matter. Uh, for introduction here, I taught at a university for 14 years. I developed courses. And one of the things I taught is I taught research to graduate students working on their dissertations. And um, the, these people that are giving this climate, I hate to even say data, they wouldn't get to my midterm exam. No, no. And, and it, it's really disheartening to see how many people don't follow logic all the way through? So, so how do they get away with omitting water vapor? I mean, they, they obviously people know about it. It's not like an obscure science. If you're a scientist, you know about this. So how, how do they get away with it? As they say, there's no anthropogenic effect. There's no man-made effect that really drives water vapor changes. Uh, unless you increase CO2 and that increases warming, so it increases evaporation, and then you'll get more water vapor, but it's a side effect of CO2. It all goes back to CO2. No, I, no, I hear you. I hear you. But but here's the thing. Um, we saw dramatic climate changes before the Industrial Age. Yes. I mean, we've had Ice Age, for goodness yes. sake. Many of them. The, the number one driver of climate is the sun. Yes. 
and whatever's in the cosmos, you know, but, um, and, um, whether we affect the sun yet or not, I'm not sure, but I, I suspect there may be some technology that can play off of the sun. Um, that's a whole other conversation we haven't led into yet. So, um, but, uh, it's disingenuous because again, you have NASA that understands the importance of understanding clouds. They know this. And now they have this non CO2 effect that they're calling into, to focus. We know that aerosols may drive a significant portion of Arctic warming. So water vapor and aerosol cloud aerosol interaction is a huge area of interest for scientists. Uh, the, 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 the big players know about it, but what, what affects water vapor? All right. You got aerosols. Right. And, and then what's, what's a big one, right? I'll give, you know, when you reheat your coffee in the morning, you've got a microwave, right? It oscillates the water vapor molecules and heats them up that way. And doesn't it just have to be microwave, but just that the electromagnetic frequencies within that spectrum, plus or minus the range, um, we're all energy frequency and vibration. And so people have heard of harp. It's an ionospheric heater. Um, I, you know, the, I have mixed feelings about heart because uh, the, the Air Force did admit to using it to manage the ionosphere and mm-hmm. to having moved on to other ways of using the ionosphere, um, managing the ionosphere. But they actually recently turned it on. I don't know if that's a distraction because there's multiple harp high aurora, um, high aurora uh, atmospheric aurora research project, high altitude, sorry, Um Oral re- research project. My altitude active research project. Oh, am I, am I getting it wrong? Okay. Yeah. Harp, H-A-A-R-P. Yes. Yeah, and it's H-A-A-R-P. I always get them mixed up. But, um, you know, for me, that, that is, uh, not an area of focus because I can't really prove when they use that. Um, I know that they have used it. I know they've used it in different capacities with different agendas from what I'm told. But, um, in my research, I, I've, studied all the talking heads within the chemtrail community and the debunkers um taking on the debunkers taking on pilots and uh we were measuring we were doing our own experience uh, experiments measuring the atmospheric conditions um at different altitudes the humidity the temperature to see if the contrails we were seeing could legitimately persist within scientific explanation and we thought we we had cited a bunch that were forming without those conditions being met. We were using the Appleman chart. And then that's when I finally heard about ice supersaturated regions and ice supersaturated regions um, are supposedly, if you have 90% or higher of a, a ice supersaturated region, you will get a contrail that persists no matter really what, what, whether they should or not as per the Appleman chart. And I was, I was curious why I couldn't find the ice supersaturated regions in the glossary of meteorological terminology that the NOAA had. I thought if it was so pivotal to explaining the chemtrail conspiracy theory for, for the normies, then why wouldn't they be blasting it? Again, it's the emission of, of water vapor, um, and it, from human consciousness, like they, from the layman consciousness. And it's like, it's very disingenuous to, to deny the significance of anthropogenic water vapor co- causes when people are pointing to contrails be- just because they're calling them chemtrails. It's a linguistic game. It's a linguistic joke. Um, if you call them jet cirrus, 
then you're not crazy anymore. You call them chemtrails, you're a nut job. But I say all contrails are chemtrails because... Why again, are they, they concerned about that, Raphael? Why, why are they concerned about the label? Um, they, they, they've been conditioned about that. That's, that's, you don't want to be lumped into one of those crazy conspiracy theorists. It's been weaponized. It's a term, you know, that's, that has been weaponized so that people don't examine the contrail phenomena and what's going on. Now, I don't believe it's just innocent. I think commercial aviation for the most part is innocent. What's in the jet fuel, but no, I don't think somebody's necessarily pushing a button. You know, they don't need to. They have other ways of creating that cloud. But I do think there's also a whole bunch of other planes and flights that are off grid, that are military, that are uh, not so benignly innocent. Um, and I use innocent just to give plausible deniability to these these guys because yeah. again they could be suppressing these these contrails uh, but they don't and i don't really know what's in the jet fuel i mean i uh, they you can tell me what's in it but i'll have to take your word for it but um i do i do believe i've seen i've seen trails you know i've seen planes flying in tandem one has a trail the other doesn't it, these were military j- um jets out in um South Carolina. I've seen them in Virginia Beach. I've seen them on the East Coast, the West Coast. I've seen them in New Orleans. I've been looking at the sky like there was like a whole decade where I looked at the sky like most of the day, all day. Um, and my phone would be like full of just full of photos. And after a while, I'm like, man, this is getting old. You know, I want to get past this. And so I was listening to all the chemtrail activists out there, and I, I realized there was a few untruths within the chemtrail community. Like they said, oh, you know, jet trail didn't used to persist. Well, no, there's actually historical um, evidence that it they did persist. Um, you know, they, they, they just weren't they weren't as frequent as we see them now. So the the conditions that created a persistent contrail was uh, a lot rarer. And so, what changed in the last few years? You know, what? Um, I'm trying to see if this is gonna pop up here hopefully i'm not okay, okay. uh you know these, these were old trails here that got it from the 50s anyway um so i mean we've we we've we have evidence that that they have something something changed in the atmosphere and they'll admit the you know atmospheric conditions have changed now they'll blame it on sweat co2 they'll blame it on all sorts of things but um there's more water vapor up in the atmosphere and um i can Get back in here. Um, I have a former Air Force weather observer that I interviewed who who, um, who talks about if you want to... Well, I, I could just tell you about it. We, I've got other video to show you. But she didn't understand. She What she saw, she, she could not understand the clouds anymore. She can't tell what level they're at. All these clouds have icky goo coming out the bottom. Um, she didn't understand why there would be more water vapor up high because the further up you go, the less air there should be. What, what was sucking up yeah. all this water vapor, um, besides contrails and, um, and then I, I was interviewing weather war 101 in my podcast because my, 
all my podcasts exploring the weather and these different talking heads, there was one guy who was the most relevant of all, and that's Weather War 101. He had years of putting out his his stuff on a channel. I interviewed him, and uh, that that went viral. It was at, at the time I was writing for the Liberty Beacon Project, and I did a series uh, on contrails, chemtrails, called Contrails Matter, Reframing the Chemtrail Narrative. My whole thing is if you put more scrutiny, if you reframe the chemtrail narrative, you can bring more scrutiny to the contrail phenomena and problem and make that a mass issue. And then, and then you can have more scrutiny on the more, um, malignant chemtrail projects that are going on. But Weather War 101 talked about Doppler radar do, being responsible for tornadoes. He would show some of that. He showed a lot of, uh, power plant pop-offs that he would catch on the radar. What is that? What are power plant pop-offs? Well, here we go. You see this here? See this massive cloud? Uh-huh. This is coming out of a power plant. And I'll I'll show you a video in a little bit here, but I'm going to okay. lay the, the narrative first before I get into the videos. Um, and then we'll be showing you very concrete examples. It gets way worse than this. These, these can form rain. This can also... Um, this also infuses you know massive amounts of water vapor into the uh, atmosphere and um and then it can come down as a hundred year flood later that day Hmm. Uh, we saw all that rain that they they didn't they could not explain when i went to the second american meteorological society conference ams i'll call it uh, that's what they call it for short um, when I went to the AMS, they had a, I attended a lecture where they, they didn't know where all that extra water vapor came from. They just could not explain it. And yet, uh, the, <laughs> the president of the AMS who had died that year was actually on a board of, uh, watchers of power plants that actually their job was to measure, I guess, the, make sure that there weren't any chemicals coming out in the water vapor or whatever. I forget the name of it right now. It was interesting that he was the president, that he had died that year, and that they 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 didn't know where the water vapor came from. But we're watching these clouds coming. At, like you'll see it on the radar, just huge monster, very pinpoint water vapor releases. And um, here, let me pull up. You even have uh, just so you know, it's not just a theory or whatever. Like uh, it's been noted, they don't just don't note all the times it happens. Weather Service nuclear power plant causes freak snowstorm. Uh, it's not so that's, freak. That's bizarre. Yeah, well, it is water vapor. <laughs> it's a, significant, and they don't like to talk about it. Now, uh, when when um, in one of the documents in a 2013. Report on weather modification that the World Meteorological Organization puts out every year reporting on which countries are doing weather modification projects. That year, though they had done it earlier, the the United States, uh, the NOAA, decided not to report on weather modification. I tried to ask them why they didn't. They said, we're not obligated to. So well, you had in the past, why wouldn't you now? They they didn't. Now these are these are benign weather modification projects. They're not going to put the covert ones on the the books. These are the overt ones that they don't talk about on the evening news, but they're open for disclosure. Um, and they though the United States was not reporting their weather modification that year, 
they um they did say in that same report um they were talking about weather modification and how uh some players like in the United States the hydroelectric companies have been um practicing weather modification and cloud seeding for over 50 years along with a plausible deniability uh scapegoat uh excuse that they love to to just ride the the coattails of uh, they like to say, well, we don't know that it's that effective, you know. Um, but I mean, in Vietnam, we took out, uh, the Ho Chi Minh Trail in, um, was it Project Popeye? Um, and we extended the monsoon season. It was highly effective. And, um, Congress didn't find out about it for 10 years. And that led the United Nations to, uh, come up with a treaty saying no weaponizing weather. So, mm-hmm. um, of course that stopped it right um that that made it really go more underground because i i know that it's been used in africa it's been used in the middle east it's been used uh during wars and it's been used on us um there is no law saying that they can't use it on us but in any case um there are a lot of a lot of cases, uh, we had a hundred year flood here in Louisiana. That was all power plant pop-offs. Weather War One One has a video on that. And we've captured vid- video. I, I haven't re-uploaded this. I had a YouTube channel. It was taken down, uh, during the Cuckoo Coco time for, for that stuff. So I've just been putting up my weather stuff on my YouTube. My rumble has a little bit more of my other activism because it is a, a globalist depopulation, uh, tool bag and it's got multiple things in it. And weather modification is one thing is the, the cuckoo cocoa is, uh, this is another thing. Um, it's, it's these weaponized narratives, you know, and it, and it extends beyond there where, um, you know, it's affecting our kids in different ways. It, these, these narratives. And, you know, the whole woke thing is actually part of this agenda as well. But um, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, um, so so this narrative absolutely must get corrected because uh, there's yet another component. While I was looking at the water vapor, and I might have just trailed off on another thought. So if it comes back later on, please, please excuse me if I left you hanging. Um, there's another component. And while I was... Uh, I actually found an army captain who was ordered to bring as many body bags as he could to New Orleans 11 days before Hurricane Katrina made landfall. Um, I stayed for Katrina. I evacuated a couple days afterwards. And I mean, that that changed my life at that time. And um, I didn't know three days before Katrina made landfall. Yet 11 days before Katrina made landfall, he was told to bring this army captain surplus supply captain as many body bags as he could and he thought there was going to be a terrorist attack and then eight days before katrina made landfall he found out it was a hurricane and so it was a terrorist attack he he didn't he was told that um they knew with 210 percent accuracy about this hurricane because um of satellites was what they said and um believe the satellites play a part but that's not what we discovered. Um, so during Harvey, I had a, a source in the military who told me that uh, he was told to pack his bags and get ready. And he said that the the 
storm that had gone over land in, in was it Mexico or South America? I, I'm not exactly sure of the track there at this point was going to reform in the Gulf. And I put it out on Facebook before the meteorologist did. And uh, I was like, okay, well, the military obviously knows when these storms are going to happen way before the populace does. Why can't they let us know? Why, why did I have to be stuck in New Orleans three days before and not between paychecks? Like, why were we set up to fail? And then they, and then they'd sit on their thumbs afterwards and there's no relief and they're stopping people from coming in, providing the relief because they don't want self-sustaining people, <laughs> I guess, a self-sustaining populace that goes and helps each other. They, they want to be in charge and then they drop the ball. It's, it's what a narcissistic psychopath does actually in a relationship. They, they won't let, you know, anybody else help you, but then, you know, they, they're not helping you either. Um, and, and, and there's gaslighting and, and there's manipulation and this is exactly what's going on. And so, um, when Irma was happening, I, I was kind of on high alert. That was a, the hurricane that hit after Harvey and it hit Florida, but, I wasn't sure if it was going to come to New Orleans. You know, for me, like they just look like these big blobs out there that could hit anything at the time. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know. And everybody's like, no, it's just going to Florida. And it went from the East coast to the West coast. So then everybody was kind of on edge who was following me and saying, Oh, maybe it is coming to New Orleans, but it didn't come to New Orleans. But as it's making landfall into the Florida keys, um, I hear the meteorologist saying, um, oh, we're getting some interference with Doppler radar. And, and, and this is, uh, Doppler radar here. Let me see if I can increase this so you can see it. No, I didn't go to 200. I guess it doesn't. Let's see if it, <laughs> so that's not really a, a much bigger. Well, sorry. That's a mini. It must have been one of my small ones. Any case, um, they're they're like it's a radar. They're usually sometimes they're out by airports. They're let me see, they are all over America, all over America. So I was watching Irma going. Uh, can you see my mouse? Mm-hmm. Yes. It was going in like this into KBYX, and the the. I didn't even know that it was doing that, but I just heard the meteorologist saying, we're getting interference because of the, the hurricanes interfering with Doppler. And having just interviewed Weather War 101, I, I um, it just caught my ear. And I'm like, let me see that. And I, I'm, I'm watching it going right into it, like by the eye. And I'm like, it just hit me. It just like, you know, catching your lover, red-handed, after suspecting something but not being able to prove and not wanting to be totally paranoid, um, boom, it, it hit me. And, and I'm like, it's, it's, it's going right into the Doppler radar. Like it's like directly going into the Doppler radar. And, and then I started tracking it going into the next one and the next one. And it would just make these, these turns and just go like right into the, right into the next one. And I started tracking these storms and I found out that um, all the storms are steered by Doppler radar. And then I started um, paying attention to the radar just to, and I started cracking a code on a few other things that triangulated on it. 
And uh, like they can make high and low pressure areas. They can stop a cloud, from, uh, the storm from coming through if they want. They can break up a storm. They could send it up high or they can let it come in low. They can create a high pressure area here, a high pressure area here, and a low pressure area in the middle of valley. And there'll be a beam that's coming out of the, the radar that's feeding the eye of the storm is going right into it. It's creating a pathway. You can also ionize that a storm that's coming through it with with a beam ripping electrons where on the back end it's coming out stronger. It can rotate. I'm pretty sure it can rotate both ways. I've mostly got examples of it rotating this way. Um, and, and it pulls these clouds with it. It's, and then it it also, when it energizes and I'll show you examples of this here, but I'm right now, I'm going to talk you through it first. Okay. It can, um, it could fill up a whole circle, like this whole area. Some, some of them overlap. Some are, are more spread out, you know, but, um, it, when, when they energize, when you see a big blue on the radar, which we're, we'll be looking at shortly, um, and it's, it takes up the whole space. It energizes that air. And when it, sh- they shrink it and it becomes a smaller blue, that's when they're letting in the clouds lower to the ground. Um, there's, Usually what they've done is they've energized the air and they shrink it. So there's like a release of that energy and underneath it, there's a vacuum that goes in towards the radar and you'll see wind that triangulates from different directions over the radar. So um, this is a lot for some people right here. I'm not going to push it further than that right now. I'm going to just show you some examples because um because uh, it, it, visuals are, are kind of essential in this matter. So uh, let me get this up here. Hopefully everything works here. Keep using this app. Moving sure. I, I had to borrow a friend's computer because I'm <laughs> mind busted. I'm not picking up the sound. You're not picking up the sound? It's really scratchy, yeah. Okay, hold on. Be attacked and stifled. That it passed through bitter trials and tribulations through the struggle. Oh, sorry. 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 We, uh... All right, hold on. I'm going to skip and let me, uh... So that's the second. All right. And there's the beam. Guided, okay. From um, next rad to next rad, the eye is going right towards the next rad centers. Here we go. And this beam is feeding this circle that's coming into it. From next rad to next rad. So far, every storm takes place over next rad Doppler radar. No meteorologist has noticed it's the beam. None. Here we go. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have fun. That was I was shocked. I mean, I was like figuring it out. This is um, that's the third, third one in a row, and it's coming up for it. They're going from next rad to next rad. Let's see if we can see the beam. This is Georgia. 
what day? Um, September 11th. They get more obvious, too. I'll, I'll show you. We have a third one, guys. We have a freaking third one. So October 7th, 2017, this was Nate making landfall towards Nexrad in Slidell, just like Katrina had. And we missed catching uh, a few of the ones it's in between ripped here, off but of here to the next one. The other Nexrad in um, Mississippi, Alabama border. Pulling, pulling off. There it goes. It goes right over the other one. And then there's the eye. So the Doppler is the one in the middle. Going right, right into it, huh? Right into it. Come on. Right into it. There you go. Whoa. And is that the mechanism of control then? That is the steering bit. Yeah. yeah. It, it's the pattern is the odds. Freaking coincidence is. What about, have you looked at the one that hit Maui? No, that's when I woke back up and, and it didn't hit Maui. <laughs> it never hit Maui. There was wind with no rain. There was no hurricane. They get there the was wind? a hurricane out at sea. But Maui was not hit with a hurricane. It was hit with winds. Okay. And I'm going to, uh, let me just continue here just because I, I, I want to illustrate what I've been talking about. So, um, you know, let me see. Where's the timestamp on that? Every time. Okay. And this is the fourth so, one. Right here. Here it goes. Coming for the next one. Wow. Oh, you the ring. The ring. Okay. So as it goes right over A H T X. Okay. Really? Now, this is leading up to Alberto. This is how they were feeding Alberto with water vapor. Just locally in my in my, my town. Where do you think it's coming from? These are all power plant clouds. Holy There's crap! Another one. I mean, they're all just power plant pop offs. Is that is that a designed release? That's monstrous. Is that what? Is that a designed release? It, it's very uh, conveniently timed with the hurricane that came. So um, I'm not sure how they do it. There are patents for it that aren't uh, active. But I'd like to also just call your attention to the um, Invention Secrecy Act, which says they can keep uh, inventions off of patents from the public view. Um, supposedly just for a year, but I don't know. I, I find, you know, they can do whatever they want, really, essentially. Yeah. Especially if they 
Uh, if they own that patent, if it's a patent yeah. that the military owns, I mean, they can do whatever they want. Trust me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to sell you on that, but, but just look at that. It's all around. Just monstrous power plant pop balls. This is not natural booms when you talk about. And this preceded the weather pattern coming in. It, followed- it preceded Alberto. And I actually, on Alberto, I end up, uh, I end up, Predicting the landfall before it happens. Yeah, I'll show you. Right now, all the all the air is like Doppler, right? All that air is like no, there's no clouds anywhere around. But then these are billowing. It's just very high altitude cirrus left over, probably from some trails. But okay, maybe. all around we have wow. How many of those releases do you think they had? That, I mean, that was just a significant amount of, and that, because especially since there was in other clouds in the sky to kind of make, hide the billowing of it, just like a cloudy day. Um, and we yeah. got a lot of power plants around here, you know, that, I mean, and they're, I mean, some of them are like down in Baton Rouge or whatever. They're, they're, they're just all over. So well, I, I got a, I have a feeling that these releases, they're probably, initiated i'd say that but i think what they probably do is they create a vacuum a vacuum for the front to move into well the 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 doppler creates a vacuum i I saw that i saw that when you were showing the pictures of the rotations yeah but i think this is an initiation part You, you said too that you thought that water vapor is much higher now in the upper atmosphere than it's ever been this was what the Air Force, a former Air Force weather observer was saying. She, she didn't understand why it would be. And well, I think we're actually, looking at the same thing, a vacuum. Yeah. That's, right. That's, that's what I you're think saying. we're looking yeah. at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's so there's a, there's a, so I thought you were saying that the, the, the clouds were creating a sort of a vacuum, but, but, the, but that is a monstrous <laughs> amount of water vapor. I think they are creating the vacuum, but as an initial effect that leads to other effects that causes the vacuum. I think it's a first mover. That's what I'm saying. The the power plants. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I think yeah because if the hurricane came through here, uh, it, this is not natural. What we're seeing, I mean, that's obvious. It just just common sense tells you this is not natural. It, it didn't come through there. It uh, I drove through it on on. Uh, say, I was actually going. I went to the chemtrail conference, <laughs> so I was in New Orleans. I went to the chemtrail conference in Virginia Beach, and then I drove back through the hurricane. I had to pull over on the side of the road to capture it because I had, but I had predicted it on my way out. So I saw them feeding the system that was leading into it. All right. So it, like it was like in the course of, of, I mean, I don't know if it was at like five, six days, you know, how long I was gone for, but, um, yeah, I drove up, was there for, for two days and then came back down. Um, and drove through the storm. So, th- so that's the. Let me see here. What's the the next? Okay, yeah, I'm gonna keep playing. Uh, take it to six thirty. So this is me like predicting. I'm th- I'm predicting this radar because it's so small. And it's. It looks like I'm like. Is it feeding it? You know, I'm looking for the beam too because that lets me know. Yeah, and then I see that little. It's kind of like a negative space beam. So I'm like, I think it's going to go. It into, uh, and all the others were bigger, which you'll see in a little bit. Okay. 
when you suck in it, it's kind of, there was this, there we go. It's, I mean, you see how that, that, what's reading it and then it's feeding it, right? It's like yeah. reading it and feeding it. They're leaving that beam on there. It's got to be heating up the path. And, and uh, Doppler's own literature, just so you know, says, uh, don't leave the beams on in one direction for too long. It'll have environmental effects. And what we're seeing, like the day, like the day before the storm or the hours before the storm is this, this beam. It's, there's, there's other beams that sometimes fire off and those are not it. This like negative space beam is, is the one that ends up drawing it in. And I find it harder to, to find that beam these days. I don't know if they've done some cloaking technology or I've just been unlucky, but, um, there it's pointed in one direction for too long. And, um, I'll, I'll show you the, the radar too in storm relative mean velocity mode where it's a red and green and there's a, we'll get to that here. There's, there's a, they align with it and there's a guy who actually explains it later on here, but I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing because I see this. So it just says like this blue, you see, you see these rings, these concentric rings around yes. here. Mm-hmm. So it can be the blue around the radar can fill up the whole space or it's in that inner circle. If it's at in that inner circle, it's usually weak. Um, that's the clouds can, they're allowing it to come into the region. If it's filling up this whole space, it's doing like a, it's a block or it's sometimes I'll pulse it. So you'll get a little bit of pumping action. Yeah. It's a pumping action. So anyway, let me continue here. Well, boys and girls, I had to pull over on the side of the road to finish capturing this. But apparently it looks like they haven't worked on new technology yet or perfected it. So, yes, what I captured yesterday was right. That beam from Alabama is where it's coming into. And you can see it right now. Doppler radar yet again. Weather coming in in the direction the beam is coming. Of course, oh, yeah, they're just reading it. They're just reading it, but it's coming in over Doppler radar. Okay. It's not coming in over like the area over here. You know, that's not where it's coming in. It's not coming in to the area over there. There's a, if you ever play a game of pool. Okay. There are pockets on a pool table. There's a lot of them, but it doesn't mean your balls are going to go in them. Just because you're banging them around. And it doesn't mean they're going to go from one pocket to another pocket to another pocket without bouncing off on some random area of the pool board. Pool table. I, I can see clearly uh, how the weather's... A lot of Doppler radar. I can see clearly how the weather's manipulated. Um, that point's been made very clearly. But what I'm wondering, are there unintended consequences they can't account for that cause problems too? Oh, well, I think they have target areas and then come what may on the rest, you know, um, and I think that Murphy's law, you know, anything that can go wrong yeah, will, yeah. but I think that applies, but it's, they, uh, they, they do some fancy stuff. So let's, uh, let's see what's now. This is the next, the next part here is, uh, let me move to nine. Is this nine? 12. This doesn't tell me what time stamp it is. No. Oh, here. Okay. Wind waves. Okay. This is where, um, 
where the blue, when it goes from fully expanded and it shrinks into the smaller circle, it creates a a kind of a a, a vacuum that draws in the wind. And this is what I'm thinking was probably some sort of thing like this was used for La Hyena's winds because they Mm -hmm. had these strong winds. Um, and in fact, Acapulco's hurricane did not have any rain. You, you don't have a hurricane if you don't have rain. It did not have any rain. I think they superheated somehow. They must have a way to superheat. They can maybe use a radar pointed. They can use a satellite. I don't know. They superheated the path on the water. It was hot enough. And then they might have created a, it could have been a Doppler event. But I don't have good radar in South America like I do here. We're really lucky to have this. I mean, I, I, I hope they don't move off of this so we can keep tracking it until enough people care to do something about it. But you'll see it as it shrinks, this the wind comes in over the radar and it'll come in from different directions. So, you know, we, we, we don't have a lot of time left, so I right. wanted to cut to a couple of points here. Um, right. One, I'd like to see how you explain Maui, but number two, to me, it's real obvious. They can create dust bowls. They can create flooded farm areas. My concern is what they're doing with weather modification with regard to the agricultural supply. Well, and, we've seen that. Yeah, and but I'm saying they could go right into the breadbasket, and it's just crazy how much manipulation they can do. This has made that very clear. But I'd like to go to Maui before we close. And sure. what what were the high winds about if um, – are there weather anomalies there? That's what I should be asking. I mean, the the high winds, was it, were they high altitude winds or were they just, you know, I mean, the, the, these are, some people think that they're like, they may not even have these hurricanes out at sea and they're just CGIing it. And then because there's been wind discrepancies in, in Florida, for instance, um, and, and then they're creating a wind event um, when it gets on land with, with the radar I, I don't I don't know that you know I, I that anything is possible. Um, they th- this this is why I'm showing that these are wind waves. This is this is wind coming across after the depletion of the zone when there's this vacuum and it comes in from it triangulates. You got north, south, east, west. So this is why I show this because if you want to, if they're using their own radar out at sea or some other technology. I can't help you. I don't have access to that information, but this is on the grid. This is managing daily weather. Um, sometimes, you know, people have experiences like mid afternoon winds, you know, um, this is when they like change the pulse on it. Um, I have a lot more. Well, I got one for you to watch. What's that? I happen to catch some drift that, um, they're expecting bad weather fronts across two thirds of the country over Thanksgiving. And when do people travel and what don't they want to have happen? They don't want people in airplanes. They don't want people in cars. And it's interesting. They said these are unnatural weather patterns. This is what I've been told. And they, I didn't see maps like what you've displayed and weather patterns, but I've been told this by people who look at things that you look at. And I think you might want to take a look at. The eastern half of the country is going to be a lot different than the western half of the country. Well, I would go to um, I would go to the CONUS to the. Okay, so let me just show you what it looks like here. Okay, um, this is this is a an old 
this was from 2012. I just found this example and this shows how they manage the fronts, uh, mm. on, on, on that at the, this level. So here's a, a front coming through. And as the, the, and these blooms are depleted, right? So you've got a low pressure. So this would come across, this would have come up right across. I mean, if the jet stream or some harp ionospheric heater, see the harp is like an ionospheric heater and these are tropospheric heaters. So I don't, can't tell you what they're doing with whatever other kind of harp like facility they have. But down here, when they put the, pop these puppies on, this is going to go up and above it. And you'll see that down here on this radar, the lower cloud gets caught, and instead of going up with the with the cloud, gets caught around the radar, gets ripped, and 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 takes the shape of the radar as well. So let me just show you. Wow! Right, and um, just as an example of their composite map, and I thought I see it, it yeah. use because here you can actually see they have a front coming through, and then the Doppler radars build a wall. They bloom out, stopping it from continuing on, and it sends it up instead so it's coming across but the blooms come and then it breaks it up and sends it out and this is even illustrated really well on the slower one here see the stopper turns that takes that line of weather and because it's I don't be here that energy goes like that goes around it like it, it splits it up like it's a Laffy Taffy being pulled on a line of conveyor belts. Coming in, coming in, coming in, bloom. Separate, split. So over here too, you can see there's some weather coming in and it blooms. Breaking it up. Sometimes it's not strong enough to get rid of it altogether, but it kind of desiccates it like a desiccated cell or something you get those popcorn clouds when it's fully on they get like little popcorn clouds and then you'll see these like little like pop-offs in in power plants of infused water vapor and weather war 101 was saying that they broke the hydrological cycle and they have to force the rain um to get rain in certain areas um you know i i not so sure I'm on board. I mean, I know that we've messed things up for sure. I'm not so sure that it's all benign. I think that it's just a matter of who gets the rain, right? And then it's, it's not benign. It's, it is not benign. There's, there's nothing benign. Uh, when you talk to farmers who really look at weather uh, situations, they will tell you they're seeing more anomalies they've ever seen before, and it all comes back to devastation of crops. Yeah, and and that's so. Maybe uh, if we're gonna. And here, let's let's end with some quotes here. Um, oh, I I do want to just show you one one more thing. If I can go back on on here, uh, the acquiesce guy. This is what if you want to know how they do it. Um, this guy was actually going to end the drought in Africa, and what he explains, I end up overlapping of my own video onto what he's saying because it's exactly what the Doppler is doing. What is this technology? Uh, essentially, we're drawing oceanic rain systems that exist over the oceans into geographic targets, into our agricultural oh, areas. Um, the technology uses electromagnetics, so we're not interfering with the atmosphere or with the environment. We're not damaging it. We're not using chemicals fired through rockets like other technologies use. We use a, a very um, gentle but powerful 
technology launching electromagnetics into the atmosphere to modify the flow of the weather system over the ocean and drawing it into a target. So he's talking about ionosphere. I mean, that's this. This is so. I mean, do you think maybe he got talked to after he made this mistake? Um, I mean, it's he's with a company. I, I, I don't know what. Uh, no, I mean, th- there's a lot of players out there that that are into ending, you know, irrigating arid deserts and ending droughts, and um, that possibly, possibly, I, unless, unless he's a decoy, but uh, definitely they weren't expecting anybody to to have figured it out in the states, and this was Africa, so. I, I don't know. Uh, supposedly okay. the, it was unsuccessful. Maybe that's that was the plan. Um, but what he's saying is exactly what we're seeing. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Kind of link with a weather system, and once we've seen through satellite meteorology this is my that stuff. we have that link, we're able to draw that system in incrementally towards the target, such as in this case, the Horn of Africa. <laughs> oh, so. Uh, so there you go. He explained the technology, how it's done. If you just uh, played that, Raphael, you wouldn't need to go any further. I mean, but there's the thing too. I I remember seeing in the news, in the news, China offered Malaysia to create, um, a cyclone to help with their drought. Yes. Yes. Do you you remember that event? Yeah, I know. I I have that in my slideshow, uh, work wheel here. I I don't know if I have it here today, but. I have got so many. <laughs> well, like- you know, this is where I, I want to combine what you did early with late to, to kind of bring this to a close. But um, if they create, they they can create severe weather as a justification for their climate change nonsense is another justification to do the great reset, collapse everything, take all wealth from people, basically turn humanity into feudalism. And I agree, it's depopulation. Um, they're putting in universal basic income. 80 cities in the United States have signed on to universal basic income. These people aren't going to pay for us to do nothing for a long period of time. It's to quell the public, and then they'll systematically carve us up. And you know what I found, too, in the smart cities aspect? Uh, if I wanted to build an office building today, I would have to go through all kinds of federal regulations and state regulations and prove to the authorities and the inspectors that I've met all your requirements for the handicapped. Okay? Now, you know what they have for smart cities and handicapped? Zippo. Nothing. Nada. Nothing. Nothing. They don't plan to have them. They're going to do away with the elderly. Well, nope. they're they're already doing euthanizing uh, somewhere in Europe, euthanizing the uh, autistic. <laughs> well, they're, they're doing Canada, too. Yeah. And veterans, too, who uh, can't wait for their wheel- wheelchairs. But I think we should finish with this quote, maybe. Um, okay. By the year 2018, technology will make available to the leaders of the major nations a variety of t- techniques for conducting secret warfare, of which only a bare minimum of the security forces need be appraised. One nation may attack a competitor covertly by bacteriological means, thoroughly weakening the population, though with a minimum of fatalities before taking over with its own overt armed forces. Alternatively, Techniques of weather modification could be employed to produce prolonged periods of drought or storm, thereby weakening a nation's capacity and forcing it to accept the demands of the competitor. Gordon uh, McDonald in 1968, towards the year 2018. Ironically, I discovered Doppler radar in 2017. So 
Um, and it's been going on for longer than that. I actually, my work took me back to researching when this could have started. And I actually discovered Nikola Tesla while I was researching a list of tornadoes, one of which pointed directly to his Warncliffe Tower a month and a few days mm-hmm. before he shut it down. So I invite everybody to go check out my World of Hot Water documentary series on my Nola Butterfly 2 YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash she slash Nola Butterfly 2. And uh, check out the series, or you can watch the movie, which condenses the series. Um, and I've got more stuff on there. I had a lot more, but it's put it back up. And and, um, and I encourage people to try to like start looking at the radar for themselves and try to capture their local weather and, and crack the code on that, because this stuff needs to go viral. It needs to become it, it does. common knowledge. And I agree, and it's not common knowledge. I'm glad we could do this show. But I, 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 I just, you know, I, I look at this, and I can see why we had a 90-minute unsuccessful attempt to get you on my show two nights ago. I can see why. This is a threat to climate change. Uh, if people see this, they can see, hey, this is how they're doing it. They're manufacturing these uh, nonsense theories. It's so obvious what's going on and 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 look at katrina wasn't natural anyway i knew that when it happened and i didn't know a lot about weather modification then but i saw how the storm tracked i said that's not normal and a lot of weathermen five doppler radars in a row i went back and tracked it exactly yeah that's i mean there's so much nick baggage nailed it 1997 he wrote that book angels don't play this harp and he published the uh, patents for this using the harp technology he published the patents for weather modification, and they're, they're, they abound. Lots of people have published them. I've, I've accumulated a few people's lists. I mean, it, it, um, it's getting people to uh, to care, to to really take it in and get past the, you know, whatever the labels or just look at. Well, it. we're being governed by total evil people, and um, that evil that evil has settled down even to the lower levels of government, and it's. This is something I deal with every day, but this is just, I think this is kind of like the cherry uh, on the drink because the cherry here is we can manipulate the weather to make it say anything we want it to say as an excuse to take away from you what you're doing. And there you have it. Yeah. And there we have it. Okay, look. Hey, about control ultimately and the, and the dig- digital ID and getting us online and getting everything online. So resist, use cash. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't give up your soul to the big eye in the sky. Yeah. Don't forget where your middle finger is located because we just <laughs> need to say, we need to say no to these people entirely. Exactly. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I can see why we had trouble and, uh, and well, thank you for being tenacious and, it, and for yeah. sharing this with your audience. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Raphael O'Neill, and you want to really check out her site. Um, Gosh, this was eye-opening and answered a lot of questions for me. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows 
that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.